There's some Scorpio in your chart. I bet. Somewhere. There is one somewhere. I do have my chart on my phone. Hey, folks, and welcome to Brown and Out. Uh, today we're talking to John Luis Maldonado. How's it going today? It's going... It's going good. It's readjusting to cold Vermont after very blistering hot Puerto Rico from cold Vermont. So it's like a, yeah, especially because especially of the whole sun thing. Like I mentioned in the car, like, you know, back home, the you wake up at 7, sun's already up, and then it doesn't go down until 8, and that's just year-round. And then coming here, my first winter was a little weird with all that. It's sun setting so early. An adjustment. An adjustment, indeed. So you were just um, on vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went home to visit my folks in San Juan. Mm-hmm. And um, with my best friend slash wife, as I call them, Emmett. Um, and we... What, what hmm. I'm trying to think of it all in my head, like recollecting the whole week. Um, well, we kind of spent the first two days kind of doing nothing because you know it, it it is a vacation after all. Um, but afterwards, we went to a lot of uh, chinchorros, little like mom and pop like restaurant. Not like restaurants, but it's kind of like you like walk up and there's some like gruff portly fella and like a and like um what do you call those like a workers overalls yeah workers <laughs> is that well no jumpsuit not, not overalls Wait, what you... more more of like a work, workers apron and some oh. and some like random american college t-shirt that they got from like, like that's a, the look yeah that's okay. the look 100 percent. yes and there's a and capurias and panadillas and yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, Alcapurria is, if I remember correctly, it's yuca and yautia, which are these two, like, starchy, potato-like things, really similar to plantains. Um, and they get, uh, like, you know, like, peel them because they're very, they're, they're very tough. Like, even the plantains don't peel like bananas do. You have to cut them whatnot. And they get, like, mashed to bits really intensely, and they kind of become this dough, and they add some breading to it. And then it's like, uh, and and then they put something in it, wrap it around, and it's deep fried. Like imagine a corn dog, but maybe with that. And but on the inside, it's you know, it's, it's it can be something more like conventional, like meat, pork, uh, cheese. But sometimes the very Puerto Rican thing is that we have a a pizza, a Puerto pizza and panadilla, or you can do stuff like crab, shark, lobster, all the kinds of fish that they have. It's great. I could. Ugh. All the food back there is so, it's so, I kind of, I kind of love it in that whole, like, looking at humans as a whole and the way that, like, we're able to take advantage of all the little, like, like, all the, like, regionally specific things that we have. Because, you know, th- things like Yuga and are, like, this, this dry, looks like almost gives no nutrition. Like, it, like, it doesn't look good. Like, it doesn't look like it gives you a lot, but, like. You know, when made properly, like it's it's so it's so filling and so flavorful. You know, that sounds great. like you had a flavorful. Trip. Yeah, yeah. I, I, sounds like it was partially a food tour. Yeah, a food tour, right? Yeah, it, it's kind of like what it was when we on Sunday we went out east to uh, the town of Fajardo, 
where we hopped on this little boat that my cousin knew. Um, and we went over to this um, uninhabited two-mile-long island called Ikakos. Beautiful place, just white sand, very clear water. You could, like... You could like be like fully submerged in the water. You can just see your feet, like in almost perfect detail. Um, for, for all of you listeners out there, I'm sorry. Give it to us. Paint the picture. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Um, very sunny. The clouds are so dispersed very far through. It's just blue, 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 everything. And it's very, it, 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 it's very cool. Because from Igacos, you can see, of course, Puerto Rico, but you can see, you know, Vieques, Culebra, um, Palomino, and Palominito, just, just sitting there on the same island, and like, and like, and like the size that it is, you're, you're, you know, you, 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 you can like walk around the whole thing in like fifteen, twenty minutes, and like, it's, it's sort of bizarre for anyone who who lives in larger land masses to think that you can just walk around the entirety of this land mass in twenty minutes. In comparison to, um, it sounds like a very special place. It it, it is. It's it hold it it holds a special place in my heart. I could definitely say it's very. It's it's nice and detached, but there's but there's still like other people there, and there's a couple of tourists and, you know, local folks. You can always tell by the music because. The tourists will play like top forty pop songs, and then everyone else is just playing like reggaeton or bachata or something like that. Um, it's really nice. It's like it's 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 like a like a giant picnic of sorts. Because my mom will you know pack pack like one of those like Costco thermal bags or whatever, and she'll bring like a bunch of like bread and cold cut like charcuterie, I think it's called or whatever. And this time she brought a whole, like, like a whole ass, like, the, like, like a, like a whole chicken just baked from, like, the grocery store. Like or, a rotisserie chicken? Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. exactly. Rotisserie, that's the word, mm-hmm. yeah. And, she, and grabbed a kitchen knife that she had left in the car to cut it. <laughs> Very. That sounds resourceful. Is, my mom is incredibly resourceful. Do you want to? More of, like, um, she, like me. <laughs> We're painfully so. We're both like in, we're both really big space cadets. Like, we just constantly forget a lot of like more like, more like minor things. Like, we, we, we're, we're both just like the real, like, where'd I put my phone? It's in your hand. Like, where's my wallet? It's in your jacket where you always leave it, kind of thing. So, we, we kind of like have all of our stuff just kind of everywhere. But like, it's kind of like a we'll eventually find it. We never lose stuff. It's just misplaced. It's always like, I don't know where this thing is. Is it in the house? It's definitely in the house. I just have no idea where in the house it is kind of thing. Um, you, you say uh, space cadet. What is your sign? <laughs> Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I don't um, feel comfortable <laughs> with that stereotype. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out. There. Are Virgos send, are Virgos painted as space cadets? Stereotypically, no. This oh. is the first time hearing of that, well, and I just don't like the connotation. I don't like that. Well, 
conven conveniently to the stars and delighted to let y'all know that I learned it all from my mom. So it has nothing to do with my Virgo-ness. <laughs> uh -huh. mm -hmm. You would. That, now that's pinning it on your mom. That's a, <laughs> no, that's, trait. <clears throat> that is, yeah, big, big mood. So I know that you're a Dungeons and Dragons connoisseur connoisseur if you will that's so generously putting it do you want to speak uh, a bit about D D? yeah um well D D currently is in fifth edition um i have no idea what the other versions are but i first poked at it so to speak when i was playing someone else's campaign in 3.5 third point fifth edition i don't even know can you explain um for the uncouth out there <laughs> for the um, uncouth what what um when you speak about editions mm -hmm. what you're saying is what so basically like so the game as a whole, and you know, most, um, and and it's a very modern thing too that I really like about video games is that the designers and creators, or you know, those legally and legally own owning the game as a whole, um, tend to constantly revise it, and kind of like keep a very strong like checks and balances, and be like, oh, is this character a little overpowered? Is this trait a little? Da -da -da -da? Is this thing even useful? And then usually. You know, as soon as they drop a version, they're already working on, you know, like what could be fixed immediately. So, and, you know, sometimes they'll, you know, add new content or move something that, you know, didn't they, they felt like wasn't the greatest or whatever. Like they edit, edit. Yeah. Yeah. Basically like a re revision, 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 just constantly. Like, I think they remove the, the artificer in 3.5 or 4. The and artificer. Artificer. It's this weird. Uh, it's like a. It's basically like the like ma magician technology or something like that. It's like if I'm remembering correctly, it's like um. Like there's like, things being powered by magic and things being powered by technology, either like you know like steam like, uh, locomotive and whatnot or gears and stuff and this is kind of like an in like a like a cross of the two. Like, like the magic gives it life to perform the functions of the machinery. You are getting deep. In, yeah, it's D&D. &D, I, like, I have played very, very little and know very little comparatively. And my first actual dive into a campaign is DMing it, which is ridiculously ambitious of me. I know, I know, I know. Your first? My wait, first, yeah. When was this? Um, November. Okay. But you said you had played. I had so so kind of casually yeah, before. Yeah, I, I had played before, but it was more of like a two to four sessions per se. And usually, in like the general block format, like each session is two to four hours long. If it's like a half or a whole, usually every week or every other week, and whole campaigns can last you know one, two, three, four years. You know, if not more, depending on, you know, how long it drags out for if a character dies and picks up someone new or whatever. So comparatively, it's like it's like as if like I like I'm hosting a golf tournament, but all I did was play like putt putt for like 10 minutes three years ago kind of thing. Uh-huh. I see. Yeah. It, it was it was it's, it's, it's very golf metaphors. You know exactly what I <laughs> 
like and understand <laughs> I don't know, the very first well. I Sorry, continue. D and D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was incre- I was incredibly nervous at first, and like I still am. But you like, mean, do you mean um being the dungeon master, dungeon master? Yeah, the DM. Yeah, which you started in November I for the first time. That sounds nerve wracking. How how did it go? Yeah, well. I mean, the first, like, three times I sucked, which is, you know, completely fine because it's, it's something that is new to me, and I'm definitely never going to, like, no one's ever going to be really good at something they try for the first time unless they have, like, some innate talent. But um, more, more than anything, I think that I've allowed myself to be bad at something is allowing me to, like, enjoy it and learn how to be good at it as well as just in, in, enjoy it more with my friends and... You know, thankfully, as the DM, I was able to handpick the folks I play with. So I was able to be like, ah, a group of people that are friends of mine that I won't feel as incredibly anxious, like, performing in front of. Because, you know, as as the DM, like, literally, like, it's a whole world. And the players, the only thing they have to worry about is, like, their player characters. Right. I do literally everything else. Like, I'm nature, I'm the weather, I'm the people. A lot I'm, of responsibility. I'm the passing of time. Oh, that sounds... <laughs> heavy it's it's a lot to keep track of but one fun part that i really allowed myself to get into the past like month or so uh, through this is that you can improv as much or as little as you'd like about it mm. you know you get to pick your dm style mm-hmm. yeah go on yeah you can you know there's 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 so many ways to like to build the characters, to build a campaign, because some people do a kind of like, all right, you guys are part of this, da, 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 da. you guys are guards of this king, and like the thing is happening, ah, what do you guys do? But I, I kind of just told them that they were in a little frozen wasteland on the side of a mountain, and you know, what are you guys here for? Who knows? Where are you guys from? Who knows? You know, like explore the world, kind of. Very you know, mysterious. Very mysterious, yeah. It kind of ended up that way through a little bit of unpreparation, but I'm all, I'm all, I'm you know also learning like how much you need to prepare, and I didn't realize you know just how much um, how much how much time like mm. this this really properly needs because because mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of writing and a lot of like. Not not that I write any script, or you know, if I think of like a good one liner, I'm like, oh shit, that's good, and I'll just like type it on my like Google Notes real quick <laughs> and save it for later. More more than anything, I'm so like like right now, really really early in the campaign as we are. We've only we've only done two sessions so far in the main campaign because we did uh, like a prequel of sorts because two of the people in the campaign are also learning with me, so we kind of did like a five a five episode prequel to kind of learn a little bit so i could also learn a little bit and we were kind of like are they learning to be dn no no no. they're learning to play the game ah okay and i'm learning to make the game right and we're both kind of oh you're all just yeah 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 novices together yeah so because there's five of us there's uh so excluding me there's uh dan and noel and they're dating each other shout out and there's uh sam well actually so dan is sylvanir a water genasi warlock. Yes, we'll just leave, we'll leave it to <laughs> we'll leave it to those universe names. Those universe is, names. Is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Sylvanair. Sylvanair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Esme Fairfeather. Of course. Is Noelle. She's a halfling rogue. Come through, Esme. Yeah. 
Um, and then there's um, Sam, who is a Shmuel, a dragonborn paladin. Perfect. <laughs> it's great. Um, and then there's Jake, who is Captain Jake Rum, oh. a wood elf rogue as well. But he's more of a. We're, we're trying to. We're going like a um, homebrew. It's called. Because there, there's a basic... Y'all are getting drunk. <laughs> Some, well, not necessarily. So, so in, the, in the confines of D&D, there's, you know, quote-unquote rules that you can choose to follow or not at your, at your leisure, so to speak. And then there's basic rules, just like the standard stuff. And there's a couple extra books, and then there's, like, people who've done their own thing. They've gotten really popular. So, yeah, so basic rules is what D&D, like, the creators of consider to be like, yep, this is canon, this is... This fits our rules and scripts. Everything else is homebrew. Ah, so, yes. Yeah, so we're kind of just inventing as we go, go, go off. And Jake, even though he's technically a rogue, we want to make him more of like a, what's, what's called a swashbuckler, which is something they removed uh, an, an, an edition ago. Sounds like a pirate type. Basically, yeah. So it's, it, he, 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 he basically has a crossbow and like two little scimitars. And, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow, really flourishy, same level of alcohol. Uh, oh. Consumption, oh you my. know. <laughs> um, and then there's Emmett, who is Karu, a half elf ranger. Perfect, wonderful. It's great. It's very, it's a very motley crew. I think is the term. I mean, is there any other kind of crew? Not one that I would, not one that I would take. Those are the best crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's great. I got really nervous at first, you know, because the the five of them come from, like, different parts of my life, and I was really worried about them getting to, like, if they would be able to get along with each other enough to, you know, maybe be their characters, because there, there's a, an, an odd amount of acting in it all, which, which is, you know, it's, it's fun, it's great, you really, like, you get so into it that you kind of, like, you have to, like, I don't want to say, like, catch yourself, but, like, you know, like whenever you start a session, you're always really nervous about getting like in the zone, or like if you're really in the character or whatever. And then like, you know, after that five hours passing, you're just like, oh crap, it's six p.m. Okay, yeah, we should probably wrap up. Because you're too into it. Yeah, yeah, but like in a good way. It, it means it means that we're having fun more than anything. And like, if there's anything that I'm striving for nowadays, it's just to try to have fun with with the kind of games that you play, video games or board games or. XYZ. Video games. Yes. And we're not talking Lana Del Rey. <laughs> I mean, that's a good song, but. Let's speak about video games for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, video games have encompassed the majority of my, of my life, I'd say. Okay, so you're a gamer for real. Yeah, G A Y M E R. Oh, so I'm. Hey. Um, the, I would say my first experience ever with video games was when I was four mm-hmm. and my dad on the weekends, um, would always play Crash Bandicoot on the PlayStation one. I feel like some of the, some of the, some of the listeners might, might be just like, oh, that game so old, very nostalgia. There's a really good remake that came out. I should try it. Um, shout out to the Crash Bandicoot remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Naughty Dog's a great company. Also, a very hilarious name for a game company. <laughs> so, if I were to do a Google image of Crash Bandicoot right now, you might tear up. Oh. He's yeah. my little boy. He's great. 
he's um it's like the the game is essentially is like uh you know level selects like walk through the levels escape the things that try to kill you collect these little fruit things and you collect extra lives and it's like oh you get to the end look crystals and then you fight bosses in increments and like it's it's all you know the 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 whole game is very is very like cheesy you know cartoon violence very gimmicky and you know my my dad let me play every once in a while very badly mind you because i was four bless my little heart um and i i kind of just got hooked after that and my dad played i think my dad kept on playing other games and i slowly got into that and um yeah and uh after after i aged a little bit um parents split mom did her own her her whole like single mom two kids running a business kind of deal and i was home a good amount not not that that's a complaint honestly but um you know as one does when they're in your home for a while got time to kill i procrastinated my homework and played a lot of video games yep <laughs> exactly that and um it's it's been an interesting like ride so to speak as as i've been playing on and on because like what video games are has changed over time because because you know before it was like oh it's a cute game it's fun da 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 but you know little little by little i'm getting a bit more invested into it as like uh as like an art form i guess you could say you know um wist- wistfully dreaming as a creator someday do you, you have interest in designing your own i would love yeah. to yeah that's 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 kind of where the where the D&D campaign came out of cuz when i was working uh at new moon i worked there for all of last year what i would do in my 50 minute breaks is that i had a notebook and i would just like I, I would just write uh through a story that i had an idea for and i think i shared it once with dan the warlock and i was like um <laughs> and um and i like told him about the story and i was like yeah it's cool i would love to like test it out but like i don't know how to like code or whatever and then he's like oh you could just make it into a D campaign and i was like oh I can make a D&D campaign, but that'll take me a, a while. But that sounds like fun. And then, and then, you know, this, like, adorably, uh, surprisingly sweet straight boy that I've met for, like, a week is, like, encouraging me to do this. And, and, and like, every every other day he was like, so are we doing the campaign? So are we doing the campaign? I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to do it now. And, like, it's, like, it's it's evolved into something great, and I've written so much more about it, and I just can't wait to churn through the campaign. But my point with that is that I feel like you know as as a, as an art form and I feel like some people might roll their eyes you know uh, understandably so because like a lot of times when people hear video games they might think of like some dude bro cut playing Call of Duty or whatever but you know I really like video games that are more of the like adventure exploration type Final Fantasy something like that like uh kind of like Legend of Zelda games uh like you just kind of like you're in this like forest and you go out and explore and you meet these people and get these like nifty little tools and like you fight this monster and then like it's like the valiant hero, hero at the end of the day kind of thing or stuff like um there's one called like heavy rain um beyond two souls yada yada it it's like a they're games but they're mostly like cinematic but the but but there's but the um you as the player can control like certain actions and guide the story and you know there's uh, multiple endings with them and whatnot and i feel like that really embodies what i like the most about video games because 
you know, when you watch a movie, you know, you watch the movie. When you read a book, you read a book and you visualize it. But but when but when you play the game, at the very least, a good enough one with a plot that gets you, you know, really invested in it, you you're 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 able to be the driving force through the story. And even if it may not be your story, you still get to experience it very directly and personally. And I feel like that's something that we don't that that's something that we don't really have that many other forms of in the modern day. Especially now that we have like VR and stuff. That's a whole nother like And deep fakes. And deep fakes? Oh deep fakes. What do you mean deep fakes? You don't know about deep fakes? No 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 no. Deep fake that's like um basically um photoshopping video. Oh. So that you can change, you know, someone's face and oh, voice oh, yes. to be someone else. Yes. It's um it, it's being used in porn, but also I mean that beyond Hilarious. that the threat is that, you know, it'll be used to just spread misinformation. Mm-hmm. It already is, I think. Um, I mean Yeah, we're already there. Uh I'm glad that I could <laughs> Teach you something today. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What was it called again? Deep face? Deep. <laughs> deep fake. Deep fake. Yes. Yes. You you heard it here first. Deep fake. My friend. Breath of the Wild. It's the most the most recent uh Legend of Zelda game that came out. And what I like about it most, you know, it's one of those, like, exploration types. Because, you, you know, Legend of Zelda games, even though they're all great, you know, they are um, structured through a critical path. Critical path being, is, is like, the term that defines um, the story, plot, quest, specific path of actions that you take from get to the beginning or the end, from the beginning to the end of a game. And, you know, sometimes that can kind of branch out a little bit and have like little like side quests and whatnot but breath of the wild was kind of really really free form you know you, you did start out in this like one area as it like taught you how to play the game but i feel like it did in a very um in a very organic way you know it, it, it like you kind of like walk like you know there's there's like a there's a difference between you just like that it's like it's your character and then it's like look weapon kill the things you know as opposed to like a more nuanced like you're exploring and then you're like there's like a thing happening da 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 and like a sword falls at your feet and then you pick it up and then there's like monsters and then right there shows you how to how to play how to how to like how to engage in combat and the the world in it is incredibly expansive and like <laughs> funny to think that that you know even even though it's a video game like i i spend i spend more more of my time when i play the game just like climbing up a mountain and being like oh look at this like pretty view and then you can like pull out a campfire and like cook some stuff you know Hang out. i feel yeah literally i feel i feel like i feel like video games have you know i feel like they always have been but i feel like video games now have really played upon and hearkened to the past um, and like earlier online multiplayer kind of thing where there was like guy online and runescape where like people you know wanted to like quote unquote escape from their lives and like be a different person and like you know have a 
like a different set of goals that might be a little more easily easily achievable through a game rather than like real life and and there's like it's like a whole nother culture in certain in certain circles of like online gaming you know other than the call of duty yada yada, yada thing like what is the deal with Call of Duty? What is your major beef with COD, <laughs> I ask? Can I just ask that? Yeah, you absolutely can. I, I feel like I'm becoming a, a hostile <laughs> interviewer. Because it's just... No, I mean, no, but... Uh, like, okay, full transparency. I have no allegiance to Call of Duty. I'm not a fan. I don't play it. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. not like, that's my favorite game. I just, I am curious to know why yeah. you don't care for it. Or, what, <laughs> or no, what, or just tell me what do you think the negative connotation yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, or association with Call of Duty is? What is that? Well, you know, the whole military thing is one separate category that I'm not even going to get into. The whole military, military thing. thing we will... What's the word for that? Now you need to help me. What are we're gonna lunchbox that? Lunchbox is that, that ben- sideboard bento box in the cubby. Thank you is exactly <laughs> bento box in the cubby. Um, Cute little compartmentalized. Okay, so what else? The you know it's you know no, nothing nothing you know particularly fun, but like it's there's a very big responsibility with game companies that host um, mediums online in which multiple people can play from, you know, all different pockets of life. And in some games that I play, like I play these, uh, like Smite, League, um, Overwatch, those are usually like a pretty basic, like team-based, you play, pick a character, fight against each other thing. And those, you know, have a very um, fleshed out, like, monitoring and reporting system mm. and while that may sound a little like big brothery it, it, it isn't it's more it's more so like the point of what i'm getting at is that in call of duty you can be a piece of shit person and like mm. call people slurs on and the voice chat not, hardly um, any none at all accountability yes yeah there, there there's there, there's very little accountability and there's not there, there isn't there isn't really like a way to like report or to flag someone. You can report the user, you know, through you know PC, Xbox, PlayStation, like their account. But in terms of what they do in over in uh, Call of Duty, you, the, the, they don't really have a way to control that, especially because it's it's mostly through voice chat, and and you know when when you have people shooting guns at people and they can just say stuff on a voice chat, it kind of gets a little blurry, but. Like in, in in the other games that I play, like like League and Smite, you know, it's a little like I don't want to say it's any less uh, toxic is the term, but there's a bit more of an expectation almost. And you know, if you're playing a game, and you know, person X is kind of being really shitty and just like you know, just kind of forgetting the fact that it's a game and you're you're just here to have fun, you know, you can just you know give a report and then they just kind of get a little slap on the wrist by the makers of the game and then you know they can choose to roll with that or they can choose to ignore it and then get in further trouble and you know some people some people can reach a point where where like your ip address gets banned from you know the entire game service as a whole but you have to be a really 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 you know shithead of a person to to get that far (laughs) but but call of duty call of duty 
is a little uh, lawless, I guess you could say. It sounds like it's a place where uh, it could be a breeding ground for a lot of hate speech. Yeah, it's like a it's a pretty big like no rules like mm-hmm. monster truck rally thrash fest kind of kind of deal. Sounds amazing and very sophisticated. <laughs> um, Incredibly, and I mean like you know. Call of Duty and the two companies I run over, they, you know, in in my eyes, they do make good games. Like, the the games are coded and structured well, but, like, the fostering of the community is what's lacking. Um, What's the critical path in your life? Critical path in my life? Well... Me, me, and Emmett, we always, you know, Emmett and I, <laughs> we, <laughs> I can hear my ninth Check grade, yourself. I can hear my ninth grade English teacher, Miss Seho, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> they are shedding a tear. A little bit. Um, but Emmett and I, we, 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 we both lived pretty similar lives, you know, vaguely rough ish childhoods, parents that are, you know, families that, like, it's not that they're not great, but like could do with a little sitting down and listening to their kids. But that's neither here nor there. Um, we we both like I talk about the like fake restaurant or like the fake bakery or the fake video game, and they talk about like the fake album and the fake video game soundtrack is like the things that we are thinking about moving towards and aspiring for. But we know that we don't have the means for it yet. But we're not letting that get us all like uh, cataclysmic and whatever. And like we have a we have a saying uh, in Germany and, and in Uruguay because um, in like five or so years, the both of us, you know, say, in the same mind with the fake, 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 all that. We Emma would like would like to move to Uruguay or maybe somewhere in South America or something like that. And I kind of want to go to like. Germany or Norway or you know somewhere somewhere up there mm. seems like a very just like with the music and the culture and I don't know it calls to me a little bit I mm-hmm. guess you could say so um I would and to to in conclusion I'd say my critical path is figuring out my shit you know um becoming a, an an adult as I already am, you know, paying insurance and both insurances, car and both insurances, <laughs> car and medical. Okay. You know, you know, so both insurances, all two. Okay, uh, all two. <laughs> well, like health insurance encompasses like twenty things, so I feel like the, the, like it covers a lot. But you know, just spending some time, spending some time giving myself the patience and the diligence that I need to improve my life in the way that I've always wanted to. And that's not like, you know, and I'm not saying that like on a sad note or anything, you know, but in the past year, you know, I spent a lot of time unlearning a lot of things from cultures that I was raised in and learning to be, you know, more appreciative and patient and to, you know, like, Self love, twenty eighteen, kind of. You know, I really, I really loved that that we were all just like, okay, twenty eighteen. We really need to get on, get on, get on our shit, and just really take care of ourselves and whatnot. And I, I loved that, and I really took it in stride. And, um, you know, down the critical path, maybe 
maybe I make video games a bit. Maybe I I always I mm. always like in a you know other wistful dream thought about um there's a a, a magazine um, called Game Informer and over at the um, there there were like two sections that I was always interested in because there was one where readers would ask the journalist questions mm-hmm. and then you know, so I, I would love to be either one of those who answers the questions. Or one who writes, like, a whole, like, four-page article about, like, a new game that's coming out, you know? Because I, I, I think, you know, I feel like some, and I'm not trying to be divisive here, but I feel like I feel like some folks, when they look, I think some folks get a little lost looking for something in a video game. Mm, you know, I think that like what? some people get a little too focused on, like, the good graphics or, ah. like, the, 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 or does it look cool? Superficial. Like, like am I bad at, yeah, exactly, superficial stuff like that, you know, where I feel like video games and the structures that they have are a really unique opportunity to create, like, to create immersive content that can really touch on some really good themes and whatnot. Trying to think of an ex- of a good example um, of like an emo video game. Emo? No, not not an emo video game. But I, I I I guess what I'm getting what I'm getting at is is like you know in the same vein of me wanting to write the like four page articles of like a new game. Like I would love to, you know, tilt the focus away on like the numerical quantifiable stuff of like how many pixels does it have like how like how much hd whatever whatever thing and you know and just like move the narrative yeah and like look at games more of like an experience to enjoy yourself and whatnot you know because me me and most of the people that i've surrounded myself with you know are like real like nitty-gritty play smash and like memorize all the like buttons and and whatnot and and I'm, and I'm, i'm not saying that's a bad thing but you know through my my friend emmett and I've only known them for you know a little under three years now. Like they they play video games way differently than I ever did. You know, I was always a, like, okay, focus, find the best thing, get the best equipment, da da da. You know, and they were just like, oh, this looks cool. Like oh, I'm gonna pick this armor because it looks nice. And I'm like, fuck, duh. Like why don't I just pick the armor that looks nice because it makes me feel nice. You know, and it's like more maybe not emo, but more impressionistic um almost yeah kind of like you know and like and like i i chose to to adopt that kind of mindset when when for example for the DD campaign i was writing a character and like i only thought of their name and what they looked like first and then i was like okay what's like the most badass thing like what's cool or whatever and i was like no 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 like you know like what would the character be what kind of stuff do they like you know and kind of just a bit more I'm not sure if humanize is the exact word, but like, I essentially just want to delve away from the number crunching, like, like the professional gaming where they just trying to find the best possible outcome and just remember that like it's a game, you know, and you know, objectively, like you're here, you're here to enjoy yourself, and if you're not enjoying yourself, then why are you doing it, you know? And like, I used to play certain games that like that I liked but I wasn't enjoying because I was taking it too seriously. And yeah, and 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 now I I've I've unlearned that and learned to just like really just enjoy it and just take the experiences they are and be maybe a little optimistic and earnest and like rose tint goggles and in a weird way almost. 
And yeah, and that's the kind of narrative I'd love to push when I'm in Norway writing whatever. Push that rose-tinted narrative. Rose-tinted narrative. Um, mm-hmm. how, how does Vermont compare to Puerto Rico? How does Vermont compare to Puerto Rico? Um, aside from the obvious temperature difference, <laughs> the first thing that I noticed when I moved here, um, to quote my Puerto Rican history teacher, um, people back home in Puerto Rico will see you every other day and greet you like they haven't seen you in five years. And then up in the States, people will see you once a year and greet you like they saw you yesterday. And I'm not trying to say, like, you know, like, people up here are, people, people up here are cold or anything, but, like, back home in Puerto Rico, like, like we're very touchy and affectionate. And, you know, whenever you go up to people, you say hi. Like, and, like when I go home and say hi to my aunt, I give her a hug and do a little, like, European, like, kiss on both sides. I'm like, how are you doing? You know, like, like still have my hands on her shoulders. And, like, it's, it's, a very, it's, it's very personal and very, like, upfront. Which can which which can be a little a little in, intimidating for some and like you know some people have their boundaries absolutely respected you know and I would say that's the first thing I noticed um, um, people say yep instead of you're welcome and that was the biggest thing that threw me off and I thought it was I. I it took me a while to like get used to it, but I thought it was the rudest thing ever. Cause I would like like someone be like, "Hey, Jan, can you get this?" I'd be like, "Oh yeah, sure. Here you go." Like, 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 um, yeah. Like, oh, here you go. No, no, no. Or they would give something to me, and I'd be like, "Oh, thanks." And like, "Yep." I'm just like walking away, and I'm like, "Okay, sorry." Didn't, didn't think that was such a thing to ask of you. <laughs> and then you know, after a while, I, I I learned that that yep was just kind of like a almost like a business like no problem, like not even worth saying you're welcome because it was such a small thing to do for you. And I'm like, oh, okay, I like that better. Mm. Um, Vermont, Vermonters drive better, but. Worse at the same time. Go on. There, so like, if if you're in a two lane and you like, you know, put your little signal thing, like, people will probably yield to you and actually pay attention to it. But, but like back home, they they they, they don't they don't do that at all. Like 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 drive, driving back home is so is so lawless and fast and like, you know. You you haven't driven through home you, like you haven't gone on a drive back home if you even honked the horn like ten times you know and I and, and I think I've used the horn for my car here once in mm. the like near year that I've had it <laughs> you know it, here here is more it's more like like subdued mm. I guess you could say yeah you could say that you know whereas mm. where, whereas back home kind of like kind of like n- n- New York com- comparatively like mm. y- you can like swerve over someone they're like and you're like hey cabron kaya thing you just keep on going you know and it's not like it's not like people are like trying to fight but I think I think that's just like the standard is to be like you know cutting the line be aggressive little, aggressive yeah not and to Vermont driving isn't necessarily that no right. Verm- Vermonters are the amount of times that that I've like slowed down from a distance to, to like let someone by, and I'm like flashing the lights, I'm slowing down, they haven't gone yet, and I'm slowing down more, they haven't gone yet, and I'm like, and I stop, and they're like, oh no, you go, and I'm like, like the timing was that was there for you, sis. You the know, hell is wrong with you? <laughs> but I'm, I suppose I'm being nitpicky with that. Um, speak your mind. Speak your mind, indeed. Um, 
There's no billboards here. That's something that that I thought was kind of neat. Whereas back home, there's billboards for everything. Where it's just like, oh yeah, this medical insurance place. Oh, the, the, this lawyer. Oh, the, the, this food business. Oh yeah, there's a there's a strip club down down the block there, and here's a you know giant spread of a lady on the side of a office building. You know, that's home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pour one out for the strippers out there. That's all. Respect. Respect your sex workers, number one. Um, mm, definitely the, the, the style, you know? The, the style. style. Well, like, well, like I, I feel like I'm dressed really Vermont right now because I got, like, boots and corduroys. And I like, mean, a little, little flannel Listen, thing. your corduroys are plum. They're plum. Yeah, they're, they're plum. So my mom got them. <laughs> so Vermont or I mean I see I get I pick like, and choose. You Okay. I see your reference points. Yes, the flannel, the boots. Okay. I'm mm. but you definitely made it my own. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to. Everyone has a little identity. Um so the style is different. Yeah, the style is different. Like back back home, everyone cares way too much about your shoes, for example. Like you could have like a really great outfit. And you know, this is the kind of stuff that like people in Puerto Rico really picky about is like if you look good, it's very like uh like what are those all those episodes what are those shows called like uh, Real Housewives of so so and so. And it's definitely the kind of scene where homegirls got her little martini glass and she's like Oh, do you see like like a Fabian over there with his like busted Nikes from last year? It's like, oh my god, yeah, I can't believe him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Fabian with his busted Nikes, Benito? Um, <laughs> um and like and like like it's a very you know Latino thing too in general, not just Puerto Rico, but I feel like it's a very like. Like, the goal is to be super matchy-matchy, to have, mm. like, your colors match and everything be super coordinated with each other. Like, like, like the whole, like, um, like one, th- one thing I learned here, although I think this is more of a college student thing than a Vermont thing, mm-hmm. is, like, um, I'm bumming it out today, as I've heard, you know? When, like, someone goes to class and, like, sweatpants and a big hoodie and, like, their hair's up in a bun, they're just like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to do anything here. I'm just... But when it's every day, is it, like... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, and, like, like, like back home, like, bumming it out is not, is not like, a thing that you really do. Like, even if, even if you're going to, like, the pharmacy, like, you, you like, you put on your, your cute little chancletas, sandals, and, and whatnot, and, you know, I was going to make sure your hair is done right and whatever. It's very, it's very vain. It's not, like, it's not bad, per se, but it's it's something to to adjust to I say if you're coming from here here somewhere like Vermont to, to there where it's so like precise and pinpointy picky hmm. picky nitpicky nitpicky is the term I'm looking for okay food's definitely different I mean v- Vermont's very you know maple syrup and <laughs> maple syrup and maple syrup <laughs> 
Are you? I don't understand if that's. I really love maple syrup. Or if that. I would like to personally let everyone in Vermont know that I love maple syrup. That's well, all. you're just <laughs> a normal human being. And congratulations. <laughs> okay. I um. You, but you feel like okay, perhaps Vermont's cuisine is underdeveloped. I would say I, I feel like a lot of folks here in Vermont, you know, to with good intentions, I suppose, really like to try to, well, I, I feel like especially Burlington, because it's caught in a weird, like, touristy college town. I feel like every, everywhere here tries to go for that, like, rustic, like, farm-to-table is, like, the most common thing that I hear everywhere. But, like, I don't see, this is a weird, weird phrase, I guess, but, like, I don't see a lot of, like, soul in the food you know and um, and you know that's not me saying that like the food is bad but you know I, I guess like you know me coming from Puerto Rico like the food that we eat there is like so ingrained and tied into our culture from thousands and thousands of years you know I, I feel like it feels a bit more like um not spoils from the earth but mm. like like I don't know. I guess I, I guess what I'm getting at is that I feel more, you know, obviously personal with home food because it comes from the island and it's something where it's like where like like the food that we eat there is like a part of the culture because it's been here for so long. And I, and I, and I feel I feel like Vermont is a little, little owned by outside hands a little bit. One could say, and all these like nice little restaurants trying to be like real bougie and stuff but i feel like they like i feel like they miss the point ish you know because i feel like it's one thing to make good food same same thing like with the video games you know like there's a difference between going for the number crunching and the enjoyment or the difference mm. between like trying to make the real bougie ass play and like making like making like the food that like sings to you a little bit and it's like mm. made with a bit of love and there's care and steps and a lot of seasoning and mm. you know all that, all that stuff. Mm. You know. Yeah, I hear you. What does black and brown queer culture in Vermont look like to you? Hmm. You know, I will say that I personally have done a disservice. I guess you could say, getting um, involved in local queer circles. But I, but I think that's just more because I tend to keep to myself as a person more than anything else. I value my privacy a little too much. But I would say, especially especially in this town, I feel like we're a pretty strong part of the workforce here, and I feel like we're slowly like m- making our own little like notch and like personal expressive art I guess you could say because I feel like I feel like I feel like you know answering your question is is that's where I see queer folks of color the most you know I feel like like in terms of like uh what's the word uh like demographically almost I, 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 I feel like a lot of us are tend to be those like servers or coffee baristas and 
whatnot, which which which, which is always nice because because I, I, f- I feel like like there's there's always that that very you know like ease of breath comforting moment when you like enter a business you don't know yet and you can kind of like you you can you can like clock someone and be like same hat same same circle sweet safe place and someone greets you and they're like how's it going and then there's just like a unspoken connection of sorts like a gaydar but a bit more wholesome almost um and through like follow, following folks on like insta and facebook i feel like we're doing a lot of self-expression but also self-discovery at the same time so i guess so i guess i'm almost i'm, I'm almost forgetting your question unfortunately this far in but what does black and brown queer what does it look like yeah that's what it was that's what it was I, I i feel like it looks like a lot of hard-working folks that are trying very hard to discover who they are and very publicly share that experience which i think is something really nice because i think more than anything it's important to you know like same same thing with me in the D and D, where like I allow myself to enjoy it because I allow myself to be bad at something. And I'm not saying like like, and and in that same vein, I feel like a lot of queer folks are very humbled by queerness as a concept because it's so unexplained and unexplored. It's like breaking new ground, so to speak, and that's what it looks like to me. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> when do you feel most brown and out? When do I feel? Hmm. I would say I feel most brown and out in the times when I'm hosting a couple folks over and I'm cooking for them. Because it's usually... Um, some Sometimes Emma and I make a collab- collaborative dinners for folks and... You know, we like wake up in the morning and like clean the place really nice, and you know makes it makes it feel like like we're both like dias up in our apartment about to host like a little brunch or something like that, and we're just playing music from home, never anything in English, and just like being very comfortable with ourselves and putting a lot of love into our food and yeah, and just for a moment making a very very strong and comfortable space for everyone. Yeah. Either that or when it's like 1 a.m. and we're like blasting some like Diggy Martin thing or something. But you know, the first one sounds more wholesome. <laughs> I think wholesome is subjective. Mm-hmm. What's wholesome to one? Need I go on? Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm honored to be here.